Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Nick Nelbach. Nick Nelbach is currently working as a project manager in the construction industry. Originally from Wisconsin and currently living in West Virginia, after spending a year or two working in the field, he realized that this wasn't what he wanted to do for the rest of his life. That is when he found entrepreneurship and came to his realization that anyone can become an entrepreneur and build something of their own. Although Nick didn't have the prior entrepreneurial experience and success to lean on, he figured why not take people along this journey of building a business and brand, show them what he is doing. As Nick was doing research and learning new things, he fell in love with podcasts. Now Nick is a podcast host, nine to five podcasts, where he interviews other entrepreneurs to discuss what makes them so successful and how they went from working nine to five for themselves. Nick is also getting ready to launch his first e-commerce business and is in the process of creating a few online courses to help others looking to launch their own podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Nick. Thank you so much for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and I love your background. That is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, just so people can get to know you. um, Tell us your story. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't have some crazy come up story by any means. I actually grew up in a very healthy family. I was very fortunate to kind of grow up very well off. I guess not well off, but like a very happy life. <laughs> and I guess once once I got to college, I, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of going through the motions. I went to college because I knew I needed to go to college, needed to get a degree. It's kind of the, the basic framework. And by the time I graduated, I still didn't really know. And Got into a nine to five. I was sitting in a cubicle. Absolutely hated that. Eight hours felt like three days. And I just kept dragging on. I ended up getting offered a job as a project manager for a construction company, which involved traveling around. So that that was kind of cool, a different experience. I wasn't in a cubicle. I was working more hours, but they didn't seem quite as long because I was actively doing things all the time. Um, So my wife and I, we got to travel around all these different places and See places we never would have gone to, which was a, a very cool experience. But even with all of that, I there was something that wasn't right. It just didn't feel like this is what I could see myself doing for the rest of my life, the next 10 years, 20 years. And I think it's like the, the feeling of being kind of trapped. You have no freedom. You have no control over where you are, what you get to do, when you get to take time off, whether or not you can make more money this year or get that raise, like you just kind of, you don't have the control. And that was kind of bugging me. And it actually, it was a book that I had picked up and read by chance. I, I was in the business section of Barnes and Noble and I ended up picking up a book and reading it and it completely changed the way I thought about what I was doing. And that book was The Millionaire Fastlane. Um, and then as soon as I read that book, I was like, holy cow, like there's a whole bigger world out there besides just working a nine to five job. We don't have to like stick to that script that everyone's telling us we have to stick to. So I started doing more research, finding more stories about entrepreneurs, people that are just like myself that have built their own businesses, are living on things that they've built and living very comfortable lives and they have the freedom to do whatever they want. So that's when I decided like entrepreneurship is the path I need to go. I, I want that control. I want that freedom and I want to basically be able to set that standard for myself. If I want to make more money this year, I'll work harder to make more money this year, not be dictated by someone telling me that I can make more money this year. Or if I want to take vacation, I can go take vacation and not have someone tell me yes or no, I can take vacation. So, and that's kind of where I fell into the nine five to freedom brand and kind of where we're at now with the podcast and everything. It's just kind of all coming together, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So when you made this decision about entrepreneurship, and I I understand you're still doing the job that you've been doing, what was your wife's reaction? Was she happy about it? Was she supportive? Yeah, I mean, I, we were constantly like, we started listening to podcasts and stuff like that. And I'd kind of point her towards the podcast that I was listening to. And 
kind of talking about the plans and what I wanted to do and why I wanted to do it to kind of help give us the freedom to not be kind of stuck by other people's rules, be able to come and go. Cause we really love traveling and obviously having a nine to five job doesn't really allow you to travel that much. Maybe a week or two out of the year, maybe mm-hmm. in project management with construction, you're kind of limited to what's happening with that project. So if the project is going full bore and they need all hands on deck, like I don't really have the ability to say, hey, by the way, I'm going to take next week off. So you kind of get kind of stuck there until that project kind of calms down or slows up or ends before you can actually start planning anything. And with us liking to travel, it's like, okay, we something's going to have to change eventually. <laughs> exactly. Now, in your family, do you have people who are entrepreneurs or did they all do the, you know, go to college, do the nine to five thing? So... Actually, my dad throughout my life, he's kind of been like a a freelancer entrepreneur. He's he's built several like videography businesses and picked up kind of like freelance work here and there. Um, he kind of went more the tech route. So when I was younger, it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He's diving into computers and then I naturally kind of followed suit and di- was diving into computers. So I had a really... I guess high IQ from the tech side of things like very early on. And yeah, he's been from videography to editing to now he's, he is working a remote job now. He doesn't have his own business, but yeah, I I was kind of exposed to it, but I didn't really realize it at the time. I, it was just kind of normal to me. So looking back now, I can see that and be like, Oh yeah. Like my dad was an entrepreneur. He, he was building and starting his own businesses and his own private practices and all this stuff. It's like kind of cool to look back, but I wish I would have noticed it in the moment. <laughs> exactly. So you started this journey by starting a podcast and, um, you know, sometimes people start podcasts cause they have a lot of, um, expertise to share and, you know, they'll come in and do a lot of solo podcasts. But, you know, some of us, you know, me included, I have a lot of expertise to share, but I like interviewing other people. So tell me what benefits or what joy have you gotten from actually interviewing other people? Yeah, I mean, like you kind of mentioned in the the introduction, I didn't come into this with a whole wealth of knowledge. I haven't built my own business. I didn't have all this experience to say, hey, look at what I've done. I can show you how to do this. Mm -hmm. So I knew I couldn't really come on and necessarily talk about what I personally know. So I thought, why not bring on the people who have done it? Why not lean on the experts? And in that process, I'm able to provide value for the audience that's listening to the podcast. But then I'm also able to ask the questions that I have and kind of it works kind of two ways, which is so awesome about podcasting and interviewing because you get to interview the people you want to interview and you get to ask them the questions you want to answer. So it, it might be a little bit of, a little bit selfish in a way, but at the same time, you're providing awesome value to the listeners on the end too. So the, the interviews, I honestly, once I started the show, I got into it thinking like, okay, it's going to be my way to build some sort of credibility. Even though I don't have the experience, I can in a way be associated with people who have the experience mm-hmm. and kind of be an expert by association type of thing. But it wasn't until I actually started doing them and realizing like, holy cow, I'm meeting such amazing people and building relationships with these amazing people that it didn't even become about wanting to be the expert in the field or being credible necessarily in that sense, but more about like building the relationships and getting to meet awesome people. It's such a cool experience. And I can't think of any other platform that allows you to do that. Being able to interview people that you've looked up to or people that you know are crazy successful. If you were to try to shoot them an email or give them a call or something like that, you likely get blown off. They're busy people. But when you have a podcast and you have a platform from that to speak on, the whole thing just changes and you get these opportunities that you otherwise probably wouldn't have had. Yeah, I found that to be so true. And, you know, I've interviewed people from all over the the world, you know, talk about not wanting to have a nine to five and want to be able to travel. I've, I've interviewed several, they call them nomads or, you know, know, they, they work, you know, I'm in Spain this three months, but 
next three months I'm going to be in Mexico and the next three months they're going to be in the UK, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they just, <laughs> they just have arranged their lives so that they can actually do that traveling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I don't know. I, I was always intimidated because I would hear the stories of like the really successful, like top headline news, like making hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. And you're like, well, that's, that's not realistic. I can't do that. But a good majority of the people out there, like you'd be surprised how many millionaires are out there that never make the headlines, but are living the life that they want to live and how they want to live it. And don't really have to worry about a whole lot. Like there's so many out there. You just don't hear about it because there's either not that big come up story or they're just kind of minding their own business on the side. Like it, they're everywhere. You just got to know where to look. Mm-hmm. And you made the statement, you know, uh, anyone can be an entrepreneur. Why do you believe that? And how do you think that's possible? I, I think anybody can. And I mean, it's not, it's not for everybody, but I think everybody can. And what I mean by that, regardless of where you are in your career, if something doesn't feel right, if it doesn't just, if you know this isn't where you want to be and you don't really know where you want to go or what you can do next, or is there anything else left for me, entrepreneurship is that viable option. And I mean, I've seen people build businesses out of some of the most ridiculous things, like how could how could you build a business out of this? And it's just a passion they had. They found an audience that resonated with them and they were able to build a brand around it or a product around it or make money from podcasting and interviewing people who also enjoy this one thing. Like there's, it's pretty crazy to me that you can basically turn anything, any kind of passion experience Mm -hmm. into some sort of business. It's just a matter of learning how to do it, how to position yourself, how to tell your story and how to build a brand around it and a community around it. If you can do that, if you can get that figured out, like mm-hmm. you could basically turn anything into a business. Yeah, that is so true. And you know, how many of us have, you know, had ideas throughout the years, you know, from childhood on up, we thought, "Well, that would be cool. How come someone didn't invent that?" Or, you know, we have these ideas for services or clubs or organizations or whatever we have these ideas all the time but we just don't always act on them whereas Mm -hmm. if you know like you said if we found that one that we were passionate about and just acted on it we can create a business from it yeah and I, i think a common myth or misconception is like you have this idea and you see that other people are already doing it and you're like well i can't do that because they're already doing it And one of the examples I like to give is the fitness industry. Huge, huge, huge industry. Mm -hmm. And there's so many gyms, trainers. You see them all over Instagram. You see them all -hmm. over your hometown, wherever. But yet, there are so many trainers out there that are doing so well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you might not hear about every single one of them. But I guarantee you there are probably trainers in your immediate area that are living off of that alone they're making money off that and being such a big like crowded industry mm-hmm. you still can build and carve your own little space into that niche so i think when you have these ideas and you think well someone's already doing it they are but no one's doing it the way that you're doing it no one's doing it the way that you would do it and that in itself makes your business or whatever your passion is unique from everyone else's If you're going to teach somebody something like maybe you have a knowledge in a certain field and you want to educate others on it, you're going to teach it completely different than someone else who also has that knowledge. And you're going to resonate with people differently than that person will. So you can still build your own space in a crowded niche. Some might be harder than others, but you can always do it. There's always room for more people in any kind of industry. Yeah, I totally agree. And I actually have a son who's in that industry. He's a personal trainer and, you know, he works at a, you know, commercial place where he has clients and he teaches a class and then he has his private clients. And, you know, he's just talking to to me tonight about, you know, I'm going to put this platform together, mom, where we have all these trainers. I'm like, oh, that's going to be great. So there's so many 
things you can do to just twist it a little bit or change it a little bit to make it your own and to make it successful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't know, that, that was a common myth that I had too, is like, I come up with an idea, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good idea, but I'm seeing all these other people that are doing it, so there's not enough room for me. And as much as you'd want to fight it, there is room for you. Like, don't let that be an excuse to not get started. I agree. So what have you found through your podcast or learning um, the best way to build an audience? Honestly, be very personal. Be very personable. Um, be willing to talk to people. Um, I know when I started kind of building an audience on social media, I primarily hang out on Twitter. And I don't have like this massive audience by any means. Um, but I've noticed it grow more and more when I am just striking up real conversations with people. That's like the biggest difference maker. No matter how many times you look online and see 10 ways to grow your Instagram following and blow up your social media profiles with these five tips, like it's all kind of strategy, but nothing can take away the one-to-one -one person reaction or personal conversation. And that has been by far, it doesn't scale. It's hard to grow fast. But I personally think that if you grow slow and you're building relationships one-on-one -on -one with everybody in your community, they're going to learn to appreciate you and not just what you're putting on social media. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to hold you no matter where you go. You could start out on Twitter and then go to Instagram and now YouTube and you have your own website. If you build a relationship with these people, they're going to follow you to all those different areas, not just oh, I like what he tweets or I like what he puts out on Instagram. So I think as much as it can be discouraging because you're not seeing fast numbers and you're not growing super fast, building that one-on-one -on -one connection is probably by far the best way to build like a community that actually cares about what you have to offer. Exactly. I think it was Simon Sinek that said, you just need a thousand true fans. Yeah. Thousand true fans, people who actually, like you said, follow you, do whatever, you know, wherever you go, they're looking to see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You I, 3,000 or 5,000 or 10,000. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I've heard it. So many people talk about that. And it's, it's so true though, because you could have, say, we'll keep going with the Twitter example here. You could have a million Twitter followers and you only get like, two likes on your post and nobody engages with it. And like people don't care. I mean, you can see those accounts all the time, especially on Instagram. You'll see hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. And there's like virtually no engagement on the posts. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, those cool. You have a lot of followers, but what is that actually doing for you? What is that doing for your business? What is that doing for what you're trying to grow and where you're wanting to go? Mm -hmm. If you get a hundred people, a thousand people who really care about what you're doing and you have those a thousand true fans, you're going to be getting more engagement than the people that have a million followers mm -hmm. and they're going to follow you. And anytime you have an offer, anytime you come out with something new, they're going to be the ones that are coming in and either buying that product or promoting that product. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing too. If you have a thousand true fans or a hundred fans, they, it's almost like free marketing in a way because they're going to be so excited about everything you have to offer that they're going to want to tell everybody. And now maybe those thousand or a hundred thousand, whatever, <laughs> I can't remember a number. I think a thousand true fans, they might pick up a couple fans. So now your thousand is continually growing. You're grabbing more and more true fans and the audience just kind of continues to snowball and grow from there. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is when you're personal, so I know, with my podcast and just in business in general, you know, the most important thing is just to reach out to people. So, you know, I'll mm -hmm. private message people or talk to them. And I cannot tell you the number of opportunities I've gotten to, you know, be on other people's shows. Um, this year I'm involved in three books and one book where I was actually, it was a called a queen's book from Hoisner's where, you know, high achieving women are, you know, have their picture and whatever. So you get all these opportunities when you're actually getting to know people, because when you get to know and trust them, you know, that gives you a chance to do things together. Sometimes people call it joint venturing with business 
or just like I said, be part of a book or be part of a summit or be, you know, be able to actually contribute what you know, because after all these podcasts you've done, even though you're at the beginning of entrepreneurship, as far as starting your e-commerce business and everything, you have a lot of knowledge now. There's yeah. a lot that you could, if you know, if you were invited to be on a summit with other speakers, I bet you could easily teach people what you've learned so far. Yeah. And I mean, the building connections and the networking thing, I mean, you never know just striking up a conversation on social media or clubhouse has kind of died off a little bit. I think I, I was really heavy into clubhouse, but I met a lot of awesome people from there. Um, but you, you never know who these people are, who they know, how you might be able to benefit them or how they might be able to benefit you. And maybe the timing's not right. Maybe a collaboration isn't the right time, but they can always refer people. If you have good conversations and you build a good relationship, they might not be the right fit for what you're trying to do, but they might know other people who are. Okay. I've, I've just heard so many stories about like, oh, I was playing a pickup basketball game with this guy, just some random guy. And turns out he's a multimillionaire, super successful, never would have known it. But we just kind of got to having a conversation and built a good relationship and rapport. And like, he's a, a valuable connection or person in my network now. Mm-hmm. Like you just never know who you're actually talking to. And yeah, I, I honestly think building building those relationships and having those connections is such a a huge advantage to no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's a personal brand, whether it's e-commerce, service-based business. It's it's just so, I don't, I don't know, I can't even explain it. It's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, being personable, but not only being personable, but being your authentic self. So yeah. when you were out there playing basketball or whatever, you were just being yourself just hanging, you know, <laughs> having fun. Yeah. And, and that's when that strong connection happens. Mm-hmm. When we walk into, you know, no matter who you are, as far as, you know, if you're on a podcast or on a TV show or whatever, you do put your show face on as in, you know, you want to look professional, you want to look confident and everything, but you still want to have that authentic person coming through no matter what you do. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. That, I mean, kind of like I mentioned earlier, that is your competitive advantage. You are your own competitive advantage. And how you are, like people are going to resonate with you as an individual more than they're going to resonate as you, the brand. Mm -hmm. And that's just a fact. So if you're trying to put on this... I guess, fake front to appear a certain way or to look like you're a brand that you want to be, that's, people can see through that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. They can see through that fake pretty quickly. And I don't think you'll make it very far. But if you're being true to yourself and you're being you, people are going to resonate with you as a person. People are going to learn to enjoy your little quirks or your sense of humor or whatever it is that makes you relatable to them, they're going to pick up on that. And they'd be like, that person's just like me. I, I want to be a part of this brand. I want to be a part of this community because I resonate with this person on the other end. It's not a, it doesn't feel like I'm talking to a company. It feels like I'm talking to a person. Yeah. And people want that. And right now, you know, it's getting a little bit better, but you know, we're still really separate physically from each other in a lot of, um, you know, places here. And so people want that connection, some kind of connection, you know, emotional at least. Um, and so to just be that person that they can listen to, they can um, interact with is just so important. Yeah. And I honestly, so it's kind of funny that you bring that up because before COVID happened, I was I was trying to build an audience, but I wasn't doing it the right way. I wasn't trying to have those conversations. I wasn't trying to build the relationships. And after COVID hit, I think this is great for anybody who's nervous about putting themselves out there. Mm -hmm. You can kind of hide behind the computer a little bit in a way and still strike up these conversations without being like face to face and feel like you're kind of trapped in a conversation. Maybe you're like, I don't know what to say next. Like 
you can kind of hide behind the computer and use that as a little bit of a shield for you to help put yourself out there. Because that's exactly what I did once COVID hit and I started kind of focusing on the podcast. That's when I really started putting myself out there and just I would meet someone on Clubhouse and be like, hey, you want to hop on a call for 15, 20 minutes and just chat? Like, you seem like a really cool person. I'd love to get to know more about what you're doing and just kind of have a conversation. And then that turns either into a podcast guest or now you have weekly calls because you want to brainstorm or kind of mastermind some stuff. And it all just comes from you just having a 15-minute conversation that can, I mean, if it doesn't turn into anything, what, you spent 15 minutes and you won't get those 15 minutes back. Okay, cool. But that 15 minutes could turn into something that is lasting and beneficial and potentially lifelong. So I would encourage anybody who's, nervous about putting themselves out there kind of on the introverted side because that is me even though I have a podcast and I'm trying to get on video and do all this all these things I'm very much on the introverted side I don't put myself out there so if I can do it I know you can do it too it just takes hey I really love that post I'd, I'd love to chat more about it let's let's hop on a zoom call if you have time and just kind of talk I'd love to get to know you better as a person something that simple can evolve into something so much bigger. Yeah, exactly. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, um, you know, growing up, I was very shy and everyone else around was talking, but I wasn't, I'm just always listening. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't put myself out there, you know, if I could fade into the, the wall, I would have, but, but then, you know, as I was getting older, I thought, I have a passion to share all the expertise, everything I've learned throughout my life. And it's time for me to do that. Mm. And so I got the courage and I started the podcast and the YouTube channel and I started speaking and I became an author. So when we were talking about passion earlier, if you find that passion or that purpose or that reason that you're supposed to be here, that passion will give you the courage to do whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah, I, I, really, I really like that. And to, I guess, kind of add on to that, I, I kind of see it whenever you try something new, whenever you dive into something that you haven't done before, you always have this sense of like being nervous. And if you push yourself past that and you give it a try, you're like, holy cow, I love this. This is so much fun. Like, yeah, you might not be great at whatever you're trying to do at first, but then you you want to get better because you enjoy doing it. It's the exact same way getting into entrepreneurship or getting in front of a camera or getting starting your own podcast. It's going to be intimidating at the beginning. It is. It's going to be tough. But if you can push past those nerves, like that moment that you start feeling uncomfortable and you're like, I don't know, like that might be the time to hit the gas pedal. That's when you need to like, just say, you know what, we're going to go for it. Because when you step outside of that comfort zone, that's when you start progressing. That's when you grow. And we get kind of caught in this feeling of like being comfortable. And a lot of people that absolutely hate their nine to five jobs, but stick it out anyway. Obviously, finances is a big part of it, but you kind of get in this like mode of being comfortable. So you kind of just coast there because you're like, well, I know I'm going to get a paycheck every week. I know I can afford my bills. I hate it. I can't, I can't go where I want. My boss won't give me vacation and I haven't gotten a raise for three years, but at least I'm getting a paycheck. You can push yourself out of that comfort zone. You can start doing the things that make you uncomfortable and kind of set yourself up for greater things from than where you're just at right now. So I always encourage people to, if something feels uncomfortable, if you have an idea and it makes you nervous, just give it a try. Like, Go into it and just try it. The worst thing that happens is you waste a little bit of time and you're right back where you started. On the opposite, the best thing that could happen is you found your brand new passion and something you want to do for the rest of your life. I'd, I'd like to take those odds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, doing podcasting or YouTube video is a really great way for people to get to know you because they see you. And um, right now, the the public at large is very forgiving, and they're giving a lot of grace. So when you think about uh, for years, people on the 
TV and, you know, their hair is perfect. They have makeup people. They're saying everything perfectly. You know, if they make a blooper, they, they're going to cut it out. Mm-hmm. And um, with this Zoom or whatever people are using these days, I, I've been on interviews where there was two people there and the, the, the woman brought her nephew and was feeding him in a bottle. I've had cats come and dogs come <laughs> and bark or say hello. Little kids come over. Someone knocks on the door. Oh, I got a package. I mean, <laughs> all these things can happen during you know, a podcast or a YouTube, um, you know, something recorded. And people are so forgiving because even when we're at the height of uh, COVID and our news people were having to say the news from their homes, that same thing was happening to them. So what I'm saying with all this is just like you were saying, just, just do it because people, you know, you have a voice, you have something to share, you have something that the world needs that you have. And so we only can hear it if you say it. And right now it's really easy to do. And if there's mess ups, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it goes just goes back to you being human and you being you and authentic. People are resonating with you being authentic. If you're trying so hard to make everything so perfect, something looks off. Something's not quite right because nobody's perfect. Everyone knows that nobody's perfect and you can't. I, I mean, you can, but I, I don't think you should hide that. Yeah, you can edit out some of the big stuff. And that's what makes podcasting and video editing so great is if you do screw up, you can just chop it out. It's, it's no pressure. But kind of being that authentic self is what is going to resonate with people. People are going to see you screw up on the other end. And who knows, maybe someone's watching you. They wanted to get into video and they're watching you screw up on video and having these little bloopers and they're like, oh, well, I, I could do that. Like they're they're screwing up. I screw up. Like I can do that too. They're they're not afraid to put push publish. So I I, I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what is your take on why do you think it's so important to have a podcast or a YouTube channel or something? What is why is that the best way to to really reach people? When I think of like podcasting and video, I think about it in terms of like marketing and content creation and before I actually started the podcast I was doing a blog and I would I didn't do this but I was trying to consistently put up blog posts every week and after about three or four weeks then it's like every other week and then it's like every month <laughs> it's just writing was not my big passion but with that content there's only so much you can do with it if I wanted to go say make a TikTok video about the content, I have to go physically record a new video. Or if I want to do a YouTube video, I have to go physically record a video. And now I'm having to spend time doing the blog posts, spend time doing the videos. I'm having to kind of do a lot of things, spend a lot of time. And the reason I got interested in video and podcasting is like I can do one video or one podcast and now I can repurpose that content all over the place and I'm saving myself time and I'm able to show up virtually everywhere. So I think video specifically, and the reason I do video podcasts specifically is because you can get transcripts, you can publish that on any social media platform, you can then upload that audio. Maybe you are doing just video interviews. You don't even have like a quote unquote podcast. You can get hosting and you can publish it as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like you can do whatever you want with that content and it can stretch so far versus just like a blog post. Sure. So um, when you're interviewing people on your podcast about entrepreneurs, was there any stories that were especially surprising or gave you like this aha moment? Yeah, there, I mean, there were quite a few, but one of them that like really, stuck out to me and I think about this constantly. This guy started his own agency, sort of like a, a marketing PR agency. And he basically was just kind of scrapping, putting together as much money as he could to buy like a little bit of a space. And then as soon as he could, he hired an employee part time. And 
this person came into his office by accident. They thought it was like a recording studio and wandered in looking for a job. And he's like, well, we're not a recording studio, but I have money to hire you part-time if you want to work for me. <laughs> and he did. And by hiring that person, he was able to actually start bringing in a little bit more money. And then he was able to pay that person full-time. And then he brought in a little bit more money. And then he was able to hire more people. And basically, the whole business was built on him firing himself from his own job, essentially. Every time he had the funds to do it, he would hire someone to take over the next role that he either didn't want to do or he felt someone could do it better than him. And he just kept doing that to now this business is doing 19 million, probably more now per year. And he's got this big agency and it all started with him just hiring that one part-time employee. And the reason that stuck in my mind is because we always think about hiring an employee like, well, I need to be making this much money and I have to have this much success. And then I'll think about hiring an employee. And he went for it like right out of the gate. He's like, I know someone can do this aspect of my job better than me. So I want them in that position. And now you can avert your attention somewhere else where you're more needed. And then, okay, I have more money. This person could probably do this better than me. So I'm going to hire someone to take that position. Until I don't think he really has, I think he attends board meetings and stuff like that now. But he really, his business is running itself. And he's just got employees that love the company. They love him and how he operates and everything. And he's built kind of a little mini community within his business. But he all he just was kind of filling needs as he like found them. That's beautiful. And you know, we all feel better when we just stay in our lane. I call it staying in our lane. Yeah. <laughs> when you just do the things that you really love doing and you're good at them, mm -hmm. you do so much better than when you try and do everything. And I know I've done that. I've been an entrepreneur in the past or I was the medical and, you know, trying to be the accountant in the, and, you know, I was a doctor to be the doctor, you know, it, it's too much. It's, yeah. and it's not fun. It's not fun when you have to do everything, but when I can just concentrate on taking care of my patients, I'm very happy and letting mm -hmm. someone else take the books or do the taxes or, you know, make the phone calls. Right. And I guess one thing that was always holding me back from that, like mindset of like, Oh, okay. I could probably hire someone now was the fact that I'm thinking, if I don't want to do this, why would someone else want to do this? This doesn't make any sense. And in that same interview, the the guest name was Max Borges. He, he put it really simply. He said, there are people that love to start new things and take risks and kind of be that like entrepreneurial type. And then there's people who like to kind of know what's coming day to day. They like a consistent schedule. They like that comfort and they will enjoy doing the daily stuff that you don't like to do. And on the flip side, those people might be absolutely terrified of trying to start something new or kind of build their own business or kind of take that risk. And when he said that, I was like, holy cow, like that makes so much sense. But I've always just thought about it in my own mind how I wouldn't want to do that so why would anybody else mm -hmm. like it's it's amazing how we can completely shape our perception of how things are just because of like this our mind it's it's so difficult but we have to like be able to step outside of our own thoughts and our own mind and see things from like a bigger picture yeah I, I'm so thankful that there are people that love to do things that I don't yeah <laughs> It's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really, really wonderful. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you're kind of finding your way as far as, you know, you started out in college, didn't know what you were doing. And, 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 and now, you know, you found this place where you're feeling good, feeling happy. But what is it? How did you find that? What did you have certain core beliefs or how did you decide to do what you're doing? And is there something that guides you as far as making decisions and which direction you're going to go in? So I guess like the, the biggest thing was the mindset shift for me and realizing that you don't have to be Jeff Bezos to start a business and trying to aspire to be Jeff Bezos. I mean, have high dreams, but 
most of us aren't going to be Jeff Bezos. And thinking about that and thinking about like what realistically, like how could you realistically live and be comfortable is a big part of it too. Because when you think of being like wealthy, you just think about a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars. Well, you don't, you might not need millions and millions of dollars to live a very happy life. And it was kind of once I had that realization, it kind of made everything a little bit more realistic. So that's kind of why I was like, okay, yeah, entrepreneurship, like I could do this. I don't have to be the hundred dollar or hundred million dollar person or the billion dollar person. I can be the $150,000 person. Yeah. It's not going to make headlines, but I can live comfortably off $150,000 a year. Like that's for sure. <laughs> and as far as like the direction I wanted to go, I really just kind of dove in and started doing a little bit of everything. I did research on all kinds of different businesses. I kind of start, kind of got the ground and the plans working for one and then realized like, okay, this, I actually don't like this or there's certain aspects of it that I don't really agree with and want to be a part of. So I'm not going to do that. And I just kind of started feeling out what's out there. Um, the, the only thing I guess I wish I would have done a little bit differently is I did spread myself so thin trying to do all these different things and get all this knowledge that up until now, I never really like focused on one topic and became a quote unquote expert in one topic. And I think that kind of works partially to my advantage because I have background in all of this stuff, but I can't necessarily say, Hey, I did this, this worked for me. I can show you how to do that. Hmm. So I kind of wish I would have, I found these things that I enjoyed, but I got easily distracted that shiny object syndrome. And I, I maybe wouldn't see the money coming in over here. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to try something different. I'm going to focus on this now and try that. And finally, like once I found podcasting, my whole strategy was basically about content creation. So once I found podcasting and realized how amazing of a platform it is, and not even just from a content creation standpoint, but relationship building, credibility, authority, like all of that kind of came together. And I realized like, this is what I want to do. A lot of people are scared to get into this because, I mean, for one, I was. I was terrified to start. And I know people are in that same boat. So if I can, like, empower other people to do that, like, that'd be such an amazing experience. And I, I love the platform. I love the uh, amazing ability to chat with people from anywhere in the world mm -hmm. and bring them on my show. And I just want to be able to like, let other people experience that as well if they want. So podcasting has been kind of like my main, like, I've just dove into that so heavily and that's kind of become my niche now. But I think to kind of come full circle by trying out all these different things, that kind of is what led me here. Had I not done that, I might not be here. I might be doing something completely different, but at some point you do have to kind of figure out like, or like kind of lock it in and say, this is what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I totally agree. I mean, there are some people they're, they're almost born knowing that, oh, I'm going to be a concert pianist, you know, <laughs> they start playing at the age of three. But, you know, most of us, there is a journey to find out what we need. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I have this podcast is for help people to find their passion, their purpose. And I try to find as many varied guests as possible, like people doing some, some people I've had on here, if you've been listening, some people do some pretty wild things like, you know, channeling things or yeah. whatever. And then there's some people doing, you know, entrepreneurship, like, you know, like you are, or, you know, just people from all different walks of life. But my thought is that this person will resonate with this person. And this person over here will res resonate with a totally different person. But by being exposed to all these different people, you can actually get thoughts like, hmm, that might be interesting, or no, I don't want to do that. You, you can kind of watch and see from their lives and even from the interviews, you know, what things you would like, what things you wouldn't like, and then go try the things that look interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're exposed to so much more than, say, just going to school. I mean, I think I tried to do in college, like I tried to do a lot of research and figure out like what options are out there. But I mean, even just doing like job searches online kind of it doesn't expose you to all of the possibilities out there. Yeah. Like you can go on Indeed and look for jobs and it's all going to be pretty standard across the board of like what's available. And then you kind of get 
in your own mind, like, okay, well, this is what I have to do. And that's not the case. And so I think that's awesome that you're bringing on so many different guests to kind of expose all the possibilities out there. Because if it doesn't matter how weird you think something could be, there is possibly or probably an opportunity with it. So, I mean, sometimes you have to get creative. And some people are very creative and they turn something completely off the wall into something super successful. So if it's your passion, find a way. How are people, like do a search on what that passion is. See how people are making money doing that. And that could very well be your business idea. Exactly. You know, we've talked a lot about entrepreneurship, but and there's some people that they don't want that. They like <laughs> that security of having their job and, you know, having the benefits and having a place to go every day and knowing that they're going to get two weeks off at Christmas and get paid for it. And that's totally fine and great. And um, I've heard of people um, doing that, but they have certain skills and there's certain things they want to do. And so they've actually created their own jobs. In other words, they've um, called employers or contacted employers and said, hey, this is what I can do for your company. I would like to come and do that for your company. And they're not vendors. They're not independent contractors. They actually want a position there, but they create their own position so that even within a job, because so many times we say nine to five, oh, you know, but, but, you know, it's not so bad. Nine to five has a lot of perks to it. So yeah. what if you could be creative in your nine to five, then you'd be happy. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love that because I mean, there is nothing wrong. I, I've been saying it a lot, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, start your own business. It, it's just because it's something that I'm super passionate about. But if you truly enjoy where you're at, there, there's nothing wrong with that. That is fantastic. You are one of the fortunate ones that have fallen into your passion. And for someone like myself, I couldn't find that in the typical nine to five setting due to certain criteria that didn't really meet my expectation. So that's why entrepreneurship is the route I want to go, but that might not be for everybody. And that's, that's perfectly fine. As long as you are comfortable with where you at, where you're at and you're happy with where you're at, that's, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a personal question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Um, I would say right now, in this exact moment, it's probably, I guess, first and foremost, family. <laughs> um, my wife and I, we just moved into a house out here in West Virginia. So that's been kind of a, a whole experience, good and bad. A lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> But other than that, like in terms of like professional side, I would say the the relationship building side of it has been something that I've just been super excited about. It's what kind of keeps me motivated to keep doing the podcast and keep pushing forward. Just because I, I didn't really put myself out there in that position. And now that I have, I absolutely love it. I love hearing the stories and the conversations and seeing how people got to where they're at. And it's it's so fascinating to me. And I always like to learn more. So if I can bring on people and I can learn from them, that's I'm hitting so many different buckets there. I'm I'm learning, I'm meeting new people, I'm hearing amazing stories. Like it's it's perfect. So I, I think the the relationship building side of it, I think is probably one of the, the coolest things and what I'm most excited about. Beautiful. Thank you. So um for people to find you, why don't you tell us again the name of the podcast? Um, are you offering any services or anything right now? Or do you have a website, any place where we can actually connect with you? Yeah. So the podcast, if you want to listen to some of the entrepreneurs that I've brought on, um, kind of talk about their story, their transition, and then we get into some actionable stuff. So you can kind of learn from them and try to put that into place to either start or grow your own business. Um, you can find that at 95podcast.com. And I made it really confusing for everybody. 95 is all spelled out. So it's N-I-N-E-F-I-V-E podcast.com. And that will actually redirect you to like my entire brand website. And there I do blogs. I post videos on there occasionally. I'm trying to get more into that. Um, and on there, if you go, there's like a resource tab. 
that's got some freebies, tools. If you're just getting started and you don't know where to go, like go check out that page, kind of skim that a little bit, or you can head over to that contact page and shoot me a message. Or like I said, I hang out on Twitter a lot. So if you come over on Twitter, shoot me a DM. Tell them, like, just say that you were listening to Kimberly's podcast and enjoyed the show or whatever. I'm at 95free. So that's same thing, N-I-N-E-F-I-V-E-F-R-E-E. Um, but yeah, that's probably the, the two best places to find me. All right. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for being on the podcast today and, and sharing all your insights and wisdom. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a blast chatting with you today. Thanks. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Get uncomfortable, push out yourself outside of your comfort zone, and take action. It, it can be really easy to, one, stay in that comfort zone because it's comfortable, reasonable. And then two, if you do start to try to push yourself out and you start getting caught into this planning stage and trying to make sure everything's perfect, you're going to be stuck in that stage of planning and trying to make stuff perfect because nothing's ever going to be perfect. The best thing you can do is put together a halfway decent plan, build out the, the, the main skeleton of it, the structure of it, and just go for it. Nothing's going to be perfect. You're going to learn a lot along the way, no matter what you're doing. You, I always think about it, when we were kids, you would learn things just by doing them. But when we were kids, we didn't care what anybody thought. We didn't care about what is on social media or what people are going to say about what we're doing. We just did it. And then we picked things up and we learned it. And those are skills that we have today. Now as adults, we got self-conscious about all the stuff and are afraid to put ourselves in a position to be judged. And it kind of holds us back. We have to like be kids and just start doing again and stop thinking so much about it and getting inside our heads. Again, it's like back, back to this, back to the mind thing. Like, get outside of our head, get uncomfortable and just start doing. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And yes. Talk to you again soon. Perfect. I would love to.